This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by, as always, our Patreon subscribers. Could not do without you every single week. If you want to become a Patreon subscriber today, you can go to patreon.com slash blueshirtsbreakaway. We have bonus episodes, stickers, t-shirts, etc. Go check that out if you want to support the podcast and everything we do here at Blue Shirts Breakaway. On top of that, we're doing some live shows, or rather one live show, September 14th at the Gin Mill in New York City at 3 p.m. We talk about it. At the end of this podcast, and if also if you're interested in doing a Reddit read, Reddit meetup game, rather, we're doing that on December 27th. It's a Friday during the holiday season. I hope to see some of you there. All that information at the back end of the episode. Pretty big episode today. Greg can't really talk at all. You'll hear that very soon. We have Matthew Estavius from Raw Charge on briefly afterwards. And, yeah, just some absolute nonsense. So stick around for a little bit of mailbag, and let's get to the show now. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Bush Rebecca fans, welcome to another week of the Bush Shirts Breakaway. Recording early on a Sunday yet again. So weird for Greg and I. Greg, say hello. Howdy. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a struggle. It's gonna be a hard one today. So um I wanna just mention to you that we we live in an audio audio medium, like you and I. And mm. we don't have faces for uh for TV, we have faces for radio, as they say. And today you have a voice for nothing, probably. Probably nothing. It's a good thing we get to talk for Oh the my next hour. god. I, I couldn't be more excited about it. I didn't know how bad you were. because uh, we it's talked bad, very, dude. We talked very briefly yeah, before we started here. Um uh, I will do a lot of the heavy lifting as as much as I can today to try and help you in your voice. But we have a, a guest, uh, Matthew Estevez, who's come on from Raw Charge a ton of times. Uh, he when we actually broke the Ryan McDonough news last year, yeah, we broke it. That's right. Uh, he came on and talked to us uh, very intelligently. So about that, so he'll be coming on to talk about Kevin Shattenkirk and his role on the Tampa Bay Lightning. But for now, uh, there's not really a lot going on in New York Rangers land these days. So I wanted to kind of take today to do a, a mini sort of mailbag episode just very many but is there anything that this week sort of touched your heart or your eyes gregory no okay uh your your feelings on the panarin versus Kreider debate that's heating in the streets are uh why are we talking about it right because i that's how i feel i wasn't on twitter yesterday and friday for the most part so i missed it entirely and i'm happy about it yeah, uh, don't really understand like uh, the whole narrative. What's even, that, what's even the debate? What's the debate? The debate, the, the, the debate, the debate is that Kreider isn't that much worse than Panarin. Okay, but it's still not as good as Panarin. It, yes, it's I like a sliding scale of you. You really are trying to. No one's out here trying to criticize Chris Kreider. I don't think, right? No. How did it start? I don't really understand how it even started. Did someone come out and be like, "Why did we sign Panarin when Chris Kreider is just as good?" What is even the point of doing something like that? It, it makes you absolutely no sense. Yeah, to me. You, whatever you want to use to show how good Chris Kreider is, that's fine and dandy. It still comes to the end of the fact that he's not Artemi Panarin at the end of the day. And no one needs him to be Artemi Panarin. No one's asking him to be. No, and I I read some things that said Artemi Panarin isn't as good defensively, and Artemi Panarin is very stable defensively, from what I've seen. So I I, I what a dumb debate. Uh, it just goes to show you how we're in the middle of August, and there's literally nothing to talk about with the New York Rangers. Uh, so that's why we're doing a little bit of the mailbag. I mean, Brooks wrote an article that pretty much said in disguise that Kreider will be traded, but they want him to come to camp, and that uh, 
We have another question about another thing Brooks wrote about, so we'll save that. But for now, let's go to some of the mailbag questions, and we'll see if we can make this uh, extend all the way to Matthew Estevis, shall we? First, mm. uh, uh, before we get to the actual mailbag, which was, and by the way, the mailbag was me asking on Twitter if anyone wanted to ask questions on the podcast today. We have our standard segment of the show, which is a segment we do every single week called Five Star Questions. And we're doing them a little bit earlier this week. Well, mostly because we're out of content. So I'm going to go ahead and do these two questions, which are five-star questions that you can leave on iTunes by going to iTunes, searching New York Rangers of Blue Shirts Breakaway, and we will pop up and leave a five-star review, and we will read it on the podcast. First five-star question for Baconator369, a person that has definitely asked a question before. Hey, guys, love the podcast. I've seen a lot of rumors lately about putting Kako in the first line instead of Panarin. Do you guys agree with this? I've seen I've seen things about Boo going to Hartford. I personally don't agree with this, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I think Kako and Panarin end up playing on the first line together. Uh, I'm not sure why Panarin wouldn't ever be playing first line. And that's another one of those rumors that I'm just not sure how they get started. Kako will play on the left wing. Uh, Panarin will play on the right wing. And Miko will center them. And I just don't see another way that happens until David Quinn sends Kako down to the third or fourth line. And we all get angry. Yeah, I don't think Kako's going to start the year on the first line. We, we've talked about this before. David Quinn makes everyone earn their spot. He doesn't care about pedigree. He doesn't care about how good of a prospect you might be. Kako's going to start the season in the bottom six. That's I'd be stunned if Crazy it went a different way. Crazy to me. Um, he says, I've, I've also seen some things about Boo going to Hartford. I think we don't really know what's going to happen with Boo. Again, with what Greg just said about uh, Quinn making people earn their spots. I think Greg McEgg, uh, who is a, obviously a podcast favorite, will be fighting with Boo for the fourth line center spot or wing spot, personally. That's just my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that one, Gregory. Yeah, I'm not ever really worried about what Boone Nieves is up to. I'm sure he's a great guy and all. That's, that that came off a lot harder than it needed to come off. It's just there's so many other things to think about with the New York Rangers that Boone Nieves isn't one of the things I spend time thinking about. I'm with you. Second five-star question from Chris Contos. He said, found this podcast after the Panera was signed. By far the most enjoyable podcast I have ever listened to. Now, let me stop you, Greg. <laughs> I want to read that part again. There, I want, I'm reading this correctly. By far the most enjoyable podcast I have ever listened to. Not New York Rangers. Just podcast ever. Very nice. Did it. Uh, living in Arizona, I never really hear anything about New York sports. So to hear Rangers, Knicks, and of course Mets every week, it's been great. How, how long do you guys think we have left with Coach Quinn? That's the first of some questions. So let's start there. Uh, I think Quinn's going to play out his entire contract here. I, I think... Quinn has earned the right to develop this team. He's shown that he has control over the team. Supposedly, he's an excellent communicator. And we know that because the difference between Elaine Vigneault and David Quinn has been substantial in the locker room. And that's just from some side chatter uh, from New York Rangers, either just media. And Quinn has done nothing yet to say to me personally that he hasn't earned his full contract of staying here. We don't know what will happen in the next... I believe he signed for five years, Gregory. Am I correct in saying that? That's right. Um, so we have four years left of David Quinn. I don't believe, we don't really know, we can't see the future, but there's been nothing he's really done so far with the exception of the Quinn bin, which has been effective. It's hard to argue with the results of what's happened with it, despite how frivolous I believe it to be. But he's earned it, and he'll be staying for as long as his contract until he pulls some really wild shit that management isn't happy with. Yeah, I mean, the question... David Quinn hasn't had a season. I mean, he's had one fucking season, so it's, it's, it's not exactly it's really not like I'm breaking news here. Yeah. But there, there haven't been stakes yet with David Quinn. 
there won't be stakes with him this year. So it's basically the first two years of his contract. He's been playing with house money. Uh, he'll have stakes next year because I do think the plan is for the Rangers to make the playoffs next year. Uh, that's when we'll have a better idea as to exactly what kind of head coach David Quinn is and if he can be a successful NHL coach. If the Rangers suck this year, none of us would be – I mean, it would be a little surprising, but I don't think we'd be, over, like, underwhelmed. There's a good chance the Rangers are once again a lottery team this year. Next year, I still think, is the year where uh, it's going to start getting interesting with David Quinn just because the Rangers should be good next year if all things go according to plan this year. So at least at least three years with David Quinn, I don't think anyone's going to be calling for him to be fired until year four. I agree. Some of the other questions he asked were, do you think we keep him for all five years of his contract, knowing how fast the rebuild's going to be? And do you guys believe he could bring a cup to the Big Apple? If not, where do we look? Outside, outside of the NHL or to a proven NHL coach? Praise be. No, um, I just, what, what is a proven NHL coach? I was about to say, like, Torelli's still getting offers. I know he's not a coach. He's a GM. But it's the old boys club is, is absolutely so real. I mean, Barry Trotz did a great job with the Islanders last year and probably made a team uh, that shouldn't have been that good, actually be that good. I'm wondering if he can do it again. Uh, but I, I have my doubts. But there's there's no such thing as, like, a proven NHL coach with the exception of, like, would you even say, uh, why am I blanking on his name, Cooper in Tampa Bay? Is that his name, John Cooper? Close. Mm. Um, is he a proven coach? I don't know. He gets he, he got flamed after they got swept, and he's one of the best yeah, coaches in the league. I, I feel like Cooper, is, there's, like, divisiveness about him too it's basically outside of quenville i feel like every coach's q rating is pretty low yeah like, like bob even babcock with babcock like, yeah yeah people fucking hate people have problems with babcock people everywhere have problems with tortorella despite him having a very long track record of success people have problems with cooper people i i don't know of a coach who is like outside of quenville just gen generally beloved so I don't know. I personally would always like to just take chances on guys who haven't done it before because unless it's a Quenville, we just know what all these guys have done, and most of it is pretty lackluster. So, yeah, I, I'd always – I we gave the Rangers a lot of credit for the David Quinn hire. If they don't – if they want to move on someday from David Quinn, I would like them to go down a similar road. I agree. I think – I think going outside of the box was a really smart move for the Rangers and it's paid off so far. I I, I do like David Quinn. I, I really have very little bad things to say about him so far. That will change. Um, mm, but before my, we get, my voice box genuinely hurts. Before, before we get to our actual more questions that came from Twitter today, I wanted to say, it sounds like someone's kicking you in the knee, like constantly, just like the yeah. entire podcast. It's just like someone's yeah. twisting your knee at gunpoint. Yes, that's a good mental image. Uh, twisting my knee at gunpoint. Yes. So they're holding the gun to my yeah. head and twisting my knee. I know. Pretty brutal, right? That, it's like fucking Bruce Lee <laughs> taking me out today. What the fuck? I don't know. I saw. How is someone twisting my knee? It's like. I saw what's Pot of Time in Hollywood. Bruce Lee gets messed up. Um, no yeah, it, 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 tonight is SummerSlam. So I'm just trying to think of someone putting me in like a like a sharpshooter while also holding a gun to my head. It's tonight's SummerSlam? And it's, a, it's a hard mental image. Um, Today is SummerSlam, yeah. Okay, before we get to our questions from Twitter, I want to just go ahead and plug something. You can go to our patreon.com slash wishersbreakaways to support the podcast. We have our shirts, which are shipping out tomorrow. That's right. Actually, Yay. Um, shipping out tomorrow. So that, those will be shipping out. Also, we have a bonus episode coming again next month. Check out, just go to patreon.com slash wishersbreakaway. Check out our, our bonuses and support us if you can. We love you. Thank you so much. Okay, so here's some questions. 
that I asked for the <clears throat> internet. Deep Pucks <clears throat> 30 asks, uh, point predictions for rookie forwards. Kako, Howden, Kravstoff, Leas, and Heedle. Now, a couple of those aren't actually rookies still. I mean, uh, Heedle's not a rookie anymore. Neither is Leas, obviously. Is Howden a rookie? No, he played too many games. So, <clears throat> so I guess, I guess it's... It, for for these players in general, I guess we could just... I'm saying I guess a lot. We can group them sort of together here. Will you say the, like, 50-point range, like, around that is exceeding expectations for a lot of them? I would say anywhere from 30 to 50 points for all these players would be good to great years. Anything above 50 would be outstanding from any of those players. And it would be irresponsible for us to even say we expect X to score 50 points. I was, in my head... Um, I think of that group, the highest point total, I think is going to be like 35. And I don't think that's a problem. I think Kako gets higher. I'm also, you know, head of a religion oh, that's yeah, based around him. Yeah, so Yeah, you're a fucking pope. Yeah, so the pope. But uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be legit surprised if any of those guys had north of 40 points. And that's not that's not saying anything about their abilities. They're all capable of having more. Well, I don't. I don't know if Howden is necessarily capable of having a point. I think Kravtsov and Kako can really push it this year. I don't know why. I just had that feeling. Sure. I just I, I just think it's important for fans to just realize that anything north of 40 is exceptional. Anything in the 35 range is very good. 30 or less, I, I think we can have some conversations about why this may have happened and what happened. But, I mean, think about it for a second. 18 goals and 12 assists is a 30-point season. If you if I said uh, Filipino scored his 18 goals this year, but only gets 30 points, are you going to be disappointed? I don't think so. No way. I, that's awesome. Um, he also asks, or he or she, D-Pucks, uh, if Hijack, uh, Hayek, sorry, and Fox were to play all 82 games, what do you think their point totals were? Praise be Daddy, Daddy Kapop, Kapope. First, first, first of all, we're calling him Hijack from now on. Hijack. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> you, just gave, you just gave Libor his first nickname. Hijack. It's a good one. It's uh, a pretty dope fucking It's actually not bad. I wanna, I'm an idiot. Total dumbass. But that's a good nickname. Hijack. Um, I think this is a similar story. I, Fox probably has the higher potential, uh, offensive potential at least. I well, think- Fox will be on. Fox will be on the power play, so Fox should have more points than Hayek. Yeah, I think Fox could end up with thirty-five points. I really do. I, I thirty-five yeah. to forty points. I think that's very fair for Fox. Again, all these players yeah. could go strict, like uh, very below. Or I, I do believe the three players that could go, that could blow out their projections are, are Kako, Kraftsoff, and Fox. Fox just seems like that I- dynamic talent. And when talking about defensive players, it's important to remember that you do not judge a defensive player on how many points he has. At, it's, ever. It, ever. No. Yeah. If, if 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 Fox has seventy points, that doesn't mean necessarily that he was. I mean, it, it means he I mean, was yeah, fucking exceptional offensively. But it doesn't. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean he's a good defenseman if he has seventy points. Lou asks, "If I say it's too hot, I can't wait for winter. In the summer, are you allowed to say it's too cold? I can't wait for summer in the winter, and vice versa." Yes. Um, Anyone who enjoys summer is a psychopath. That's where I go. Like, summer should be re- renamed Suffer immediately. It's just hot. I'm sweating. It's terrible. I love the winter. Just give it to me. I think you can say it. You're a little bit of a hypocrite, but you're also human because all we do is talk about the weather and sports. I feel like, I feel like I've said this on the podcast before where it's you can easily warm yourself up, but you can't easily cool yourself down, right? Yeah. So that's why... 
That's why it's easier to handle the winter than it is the summer. At the same time, give me thunderstorms all day over uh, blizzards. I'll take a blizzard. Um, no, fuck blizzards, bro. I'll take it. Uh, he, alternative question, or actually an add-on question. Since Greg got banned on the Bushwitch Breakaway Twitter, is he still sure allowed? Did. Is he still allowed to make jokes about me getting banned? This is Lou, by the yes. way. Am I allowed sure to am. make jokes about him getting banned? No, because mine lasted a day, and Lou's been like kicked off twelve different Twitter I, handles. Uh, yeah, Lou, he, Greg's got to get banned like one more time before you can really go for this. I don't know if we will. I get do. Banned I again. do. Th- I do think the thing that I got it, the tweet that people had a problem with was me. Just screenshotting tweets that a guy who blocked us liked and me saying he's thirsty and I don't feel that way about him. Yes. All I did was screenshot his tweets. That's it. So we I didn't got, say anything. I got, I got banned for highlighting someone else's content. That's incredible. <laughs> Twitter's amazing. Think about that. It's Think about that. It's They're like, this post is offensive. And I was like, all I did was take a post from someone else. That's it. That, that was the extent of it. <laughs> Uh, that guy's such a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, he's terrible. Oh my god, I hope he gets hit in traffic. <laughs> uh, Trevor. Yeah, f- uh, fucking ban me for that Twitter. I said on a podcast. They're not going to listen to our shitty shit podcast. Um, yeah. uh, you're, if, not, you're not sponsoring the uh, shit, Jack. RT Gold fuckhead. from Reddit slash Gold's Personal on Twitter asks, if the Rangers were to have a mascot, what would it look like? Mm. Are you for or against being the only team without one? I kind of like this. This is a good question. Are we the only team without a mascot? Does every other team have one? By the way, the dragon at the Barclays is terrible. Like, how do you keep... This doesn't make any sense. ...a mascot from a lacrosse team? You pathetic franchise. Um, I, I, I like I the devil's think... mascot. Uh, kind of. He's fun. He's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I do think... I mean, it, it, it feels sacrilegious to say because as a Met fan who has, one of, what, one of the three most famous mascots in yeah. professional sports... Yeah, absolutely. Um. I do think mascots are just highly overrated. I understand why they exist because you have to create family-friendly environments and give the kids something to do that can distract them from the fact that they can't sit still for three hours at a given time. Um, I just, I just think most mascots are fucking overrated. No, the Rangers don't need a mascot. The Knicks don't have a mascot. The Yankees don't have a mascot. It's not a requirement to have a mascot. I just looked at the it, Pittsburgh Penguin mascot. That is horrific. That is yeah. so bad to look at. Wow. The um, only the only mascot that really should exist in uh, in hockey is probably Gritty, and it, it pains me to say that. It's but like Gritty's not even a mascot; he's just like a mood at this point. <laughs> um, if, if all right, I will say this. So the question really says, what if if they had a mascot, what would it look like? Um, and I have your answer. It's me. It's me. Oh, it's the, it's it's Ranger. It's Ranger Pup. Yeah, rest in, rest in peace. That whole uh, no, nah, he's the dog is he's fine. Not bad, the dog dude. is fine. Rest in peace. Jesus. Having a dog as a as what a mascot. What is your problem? Year. The dog is fine. He's taking care problem? of a great kid. Um, Holy shit! You killed Ranger. I didn't kill him. He's fine. Jesus Christ! I was just saying having a dog every year. All the other fucking teams are doing it now. Whatever. Um, I'm definitely the mascot of the Rangers. The Capope. We'll be having a po- uh, having a whole mask outside of the whole thing. Um, I'm gonna get some of the Mets questions later. Let's keep going. Oh Jesus! Uh, Jesus turned water into wine. What does Caco turn water into? What ice. other? Yeah, it's ice. It's got to be ice. <laughs> if my original really my my original answer was whiskey, but it's got to be ice. What other it's is ice. Caco capable of performing? Uh, and I think, and this is asked by Anthony. Uh, it's it, my brain said miracle, but I think it's Macau. Um, I bet you it's Macaulay. Yeah, probably. Thanks, Anthony, for asking the question. I think anything is possible with Kako. That's really the way it goes. Uh, he can he can skate on ice. He can float on ice. He can probably fly. He could probably cure a lot of different diseases. It's, he's a pretty great guy. 
Uh, I kind of just assume he's Elsa from Frozen. Yeah, kind of. Just overpowered. Yeah. Uh, Dan... I've interacted with Dan a lot before on Twitter. Dan Kahalin? Dan I'm the worst. I'm terrible you, man. Brooks has I bet su- you it's Kalein. I bet you it's Kalein. It's Kalein. Brooks has suggested D'Angelo and Lemieux should play or should be forced to play under their qualifying offers. And I agree with him. Sucks for the two of them, but we need the cap space. Your thoughts, please. Uh, I mean, yes, it helps the Rangers if they sign for less money, but forced to play? Uh, I'm not going to... It's, it's, it feels silly because it's like, oh, you got to force a guy to play eight hundred seventy thousand dollars a year. You <laughs> sport, blah blah blah. You sound no, much better really. like that. What you was, really do. What was him? Um, oh, you want, you want me to do this the entire time? It really, it really hurts no, to do no, that. No, don't do it. It's difficult. It actually, I actually think it just made everything worse by oh, doing that for oh. the last fifteen seconds. Oh God. Um, I think Lemieux is going to play under his qualifying offer. It's hard to think of him getting. More than that, I don't think he's he's not the kind of player that's really Deserved. done enough track record earned wise. It yet, really. Deserved yeah, I, I think I think D'Angelo is going to still get north of one million. I just don't think it's going to be significantly north of one million. And I mean, last year was really his first full uninterrupted season. It was a successful season nonetheless, but I don't know. It's the Rangers do have some like negotiating power because they can just look at what Kevin LeBanc did where the Sharks would be like, that guy scored 56 points last year and he's not getting paid. You guys aren't getting paid more than him. Um, but Lemieux, I think, will get the qualifying. I I think D'Angelo stands firm and gets something north of a million. The Rangers can still create more cap space. It's not the end. They're not in the dire cap situation they were before. It's still a little tricky, and there's still some machinations that need to go on in order for them to be compliant all year long, but it's not the end of the world anymore. For me... It's about keeping relationships good, because with Tony, we really keeping keeping oh. relationships good. We're talking about the team that literally just bought out the guy who settled for less money to come play for his hometown. Hockey team. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about that actually. Good point. Uh, Interesting. We kind of, uh, for the lack of a better terminology here, dicked around Tony D'Angelo a lot last year. He probably earned some of it, if that's uh, speaking the truths. But of of all the of all the players who had a lot of Quinbin time last year, I feel like D'Angelo one benefited it from benefited it benefited from it the most. And two, great podcast. I feel like we we don't know the whole story, right? We can only react to the bits and pieces we hear. Yep. It sure sounds like there are moments with D'Angelo where it was deserved. It does, and that's why I wanted to make that clear. But submit to force him, quote unquote, to play. At a, uh, his qualifying offer is really a bad way to sign him to a long-term deal. And I think Tony D'Angelo might be a key cornerstone to this team for the next five years. Just a personal opinion. So I think trying to get him paid, I'm not really as worried about Lemieux because I feel like he won't be on the team in two years. But D'Angelo, I'm a little... Uh, Lemieux, Lemieux, is, Lemieux is the depth piece people wish Jimmy Vc was, except they overvalued Jimmy Vc. That's a good point. So never, never overpay your depth. It's the thing that we laugh at when teams like the Predators sign dudes to seven-year deals in their bottom six forwards. $20 million, seven years. Like, cool, you have depth now. Why'd you do that? You could get that. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, Brandon Lemieux is a great depth piece to have cheap, but Brandon Lemieux are a dime a dozen. The Rangers can find other Brandon Lemieux if they need to. Uh, Red Blue Ranger 11 asks, uh, best podcast for Ranger fans by far. And he, he put in capitalized and said, 
in parentheses said, look at this. That's unbelievable. He did that. Uh, my question is about ha- not having a strong captain on the team for years. What are your thoughts about maybe Mika or Henrik being given the C? I know some of the people like the idea of having a bunch of A's rotating, but I don't. Someone went uh, go to go on to correct him that, that Henrik cannot uh, get the captaincy because he's a goalie, and that's a dumb rule. Even though Henrik has been the captain of this team for many years, and he's a strong one at that. You've been on the record here, Gregory, saying that you don't really give a shit about the captaincy. I think Mika, sure Mika could... I care a little bit. It does mean something to me for some reason, even I know it's kind of a dumb idea. Uh, but I think Mika could earn it, but I, I would give it to Kreider, but I still think they're going to trade him at the trade deadline. So I don't think you'll be seeing a captain until again, until next year. And you'll be rotating the A with Mark Stahl, especially at the home games. Yeah, Stahl's the captain. Uh, they don't want to maybe give it to him in principle because they don't want to one day buy out a captain, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I think I've, I've told you this a couple times on the podcast. I guess I'll just say it again. Yep. I personally don't give a shit who the captain is. I I I think we give too much credit to what that letter actually means. I don't think someone gets more respected by his teammates just because he has a letter on his jersey. Um, like if if Mika has the C or doesn't have the C, I don't think that changes what Mika's Benajad does in the locker room, on the ice, vocal leader, all that. I wouldn't want it to either. Um I think Ryan McDonough got too much shit for how he quote-unquote handled being the captain. I just, I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. I think it's just something for fans to latch onto, get excited about. But in reality, I think the captainship has uh, little to no meaning. Fair. Uh, Hollywood uh, Jablomski? Jablomski. Jablomski, probably. Sure. Uh, when's the Tanner Glass interview? I have bad news, and I'm going to need you all to yeah, see the Rangers. Hi- the Rangers hired him, so we'll never talk to him. I'm going to have, yeah. Uh, I wanted you all to sit down before I said that, but Greg just blew it out of the water. So I'm sorry if you're standing it's up fine. and you had to listen to it. Uh, we're probably never getting Tanner Glass because now he works officially for the Rangers, like Greg just said. We have reached out. They have politely disagreed. They said if we cover Politefully? Them- yeah. Politefully? They were, they were nice. Yeah, but you want, I need you to understand politefully isn't a word. It's just politely. Okay. <laughs> it really hurts me okay. that you think politefully is a word. Like you you didn't This podcast didn't is a fucking mess. When I said it up. You didn't flinch when I said it. You were like, yeah, no, they were. That's exactly what they were. Yeah, they were. They were politely. Like you, you can be politeful. Yeah. And you can politely do something. You cannot politefully do anything. Okay, so they politely told me no. And I How did we go to the same school? How does your degree say more than my degree? Yeah. You have a master's. I have a master's degree. Oh and I graduated with 3.8 and then went to Westport Military Academy and, and a brain research institute, whatever. Jesus, um, Jesus Christ. I know, weird. Why did they let me do that? Uh, we asked, and then I, they said, if you cover the team every day, you could, but we obviously do not. We cover it every week. So, uh, And then I asked, what if I had Rick Carbonell on with us and they didn't respond? So that's where we were at. Uh, Clem Fandango asks, what under-the-radar rookie do you think could surprise people and actually push for a spot on the roster? I don't know if there um, is one this year, unfortunately. My gut yeah, under, instinct would be Rykov, but I don't think he's making it because the team is just so locked up on defense. I think there's a good chance Rykov could. I, one of Rykov and Hayek will be a third-pairing left-handed defenseman. We just don't quite know which one yet. We seem to believe it'll be Hayek or Hijack, but... 
Hijack. We're not one hundred percent sure yet, um, but I also really like when I when I think under the radar, I think of like the the JD Davises of the world, where we don't really give much thought about him, and then all of a sudden he's killing he the blossoms. Yeah. Um, I think it would be really hard, but it wouldn't it wouldn't completely shock me if someone like Tim Gettinger made the team out of camp as a quote gritty, hard nosed fourth line winger. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I I don't think the it's weird because the Rangers don't exactly have like your stereotypical under the radar rookie anymore. Yeah, they really don't. So, which is nice. It's a nice problem to have, guys. Um, this isn't a complaint. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think your your final D spot competition is Rakov Hayek. So one of them might fit the bill, and then I I think you're talking about a guy like Tim Gettinger, who maybe breaks the team as a fourth line forward, but. I wouldn't expect much from Tim Gettinger. Like if that guy even gets 15 points this season, I'd be surprised. Speaking of Rykov, uh, Eric Vanko asks, Rykov, how do you feel about him? I think the kid is tough, like KHL tough. Then he put a bunch of emojis and one's, one's hang loose. I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> I, I got the brief chance to meet Rykov when I was uh, meeting the Lord and Savior himself. And I went to take a picture with the, the Russians on the team. And Rykov stooped, took a step out of the picture like he wasn't good enough. And the, I, I, if I was a hot take artist, I would go really deep into why that doesn't that matters or something. But it just seems like – I'm going to flip it the other way. He, it seems like he already has a really good relationship with a lot of the members of, of the team that are Russian-speaking at least. And I think he'll fit right in. I, like, like we just said a second ago, he's going to compete for the third spot, and I think he's going to have a good shot. Uh, I think he stepped out of the way from the picture because he didn't want to be in a picture with a dude dressed in a Pope outfit. I wasn't even in the Pope costume then, so sorry. I'm sorry. I was just in my uh, stained glass t-shirt, which you can get at churchcaco.com. Nice Um. Yeah, I like him. Sounds good. And that and that is all I have to say about that. I have, This is from Mike or Stalzy. Tits or ass? Good question, Mike. Uh, I would just go ahead and speak for Greg and I and say that we are... Not discriminatory to either of those things. We are accepting I, I missed, of all. I missed, I missed what you said. What would you say? We are accepting of all, of both options. Mike what asked. Was the question? The question was tits or ass? Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, I like, um, I respect women. That is what I like. Yeah, I, I like respecting women. I respect women. That's where I'm going to go to. Uh, but on guys, I like butts. For uh, Josh. I like tits on guys. I get real, I get real handsy with dudes, <laughs> nice. with dudes' chesticles. It's, it's true. We do those. Uh, Josh Kestenbaum asks, fuck, Mary kill. This is for you, Greg. Gary, oh, no. Keith, Ron. Oh, uh, boy. Um, well, you, you, you married Gary. That's easy. That dude just feels like a loving, wholesome human being. Um, this is going to suck to say. You got to fuck Keith because you know he's into some weird <laughs> shit. He really is. I, I would Which, agree with you. Yeah, it, it sucks that we're killing Ron Darling, but you know what? He'd probably apologize to you for having to even make the decision and, like, escort himself off the earth without you having to do anything. Because that's just how kind and wholesome he is. Uh, next question from Hockey Stat Miner. Do you think the Mets will uh-huh. win the NLCS in four or five games? Two. <laughs> 
Um, uh, why, I, why doesn't Greg have a voice, you ask? Oh, here, here's what we'll get to. Oh, um, finally, the big, big reveal. Big, big college reunion with the with the uh, housemates mm-hmm. were up here in Saratoga this weekend. Very and, nice. Uh, did not lose it at the track. Lost everything else at the track. Had maybe the most horrific gambling day of my entire life at Saratoga Race Course on Saturday. I won a total of two bets the entire day. How many bets did you make, Greg? I'm happy you asked. Uh, 45 <laughs> oh different bets is God. how many bets I made. I won two. Well, okay, now hold on. You, that sounds like a big number, right? Yeah. So to people listening at home that are familiar, familiar with horse racing, like if I do an exact the box, which is you pick two horses, those horses have to finish. Everyone loves horses. In racing, the top so two. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do an exact the box, you pick two horses, those horses have to finish in the top two. It doesn't matter the order they come in, but in some combination, they have to finish one, two. That exact the box bet, I consider two different bets because it's technically two bets. Okay. That's so right. like – if I do that for every race and there are 11 races, that right there is already 22 bets. So then 40, 40, 45, 48 bets a day is not actually a horrific number, but it's horrific that I only won two bets. That's true. Uh, um, anyway, yes. anyway, anyway, the whole point of the story was why did Greg lose his voice? I'm it happy was. you asked. I was doing that. We went to a bar afterwards called Gaffney's, which is in Saratoga, big bar. Um, I had the bartender put the Met game on. It was. Oh no! I think I think we yeah we, I think we started watching in the sixth inning. Um, Greggy alcoholism had a lot to drink throughout the day. We at this point in the day. Speaking of nicknames, had, uh, yeah we we uh, we transitioned to Roman Cokes by this point of the night. I was having a lovely yet kind of dark deep conversation with the seventy something woman sitting next to me. That that alone could be a podcast. She she was telling me about how she her, her fifty six year I, I didn't get her number, but her fifty yeah. six year old husband committed suicide because Whoa. of so many things going on in Jesus, his life. It's got dark. It, it was it was insanely deep. And mind you, I'm just trying to watch a Met game that I'm stupid excited about. But yes, when when Guillaume went deep, uh, things came out of my mouth that made my voice now sound like this. That makes sense. Here we are. Final question. Is are. Greg feeling things for the first time in decades because of this Mets run? I'll hang up and listen. That's from our good friend Fitz. Uh, in decades? No. I mean, 2015... 2015 was like equally stupid to what's going on right now. That's not me saying I expect the Mets to... Not. I don't even expect... I still don't expect the Mets to make the playoffs. I think every every time... I'm very consistent so far this year. Anytime the Mets ever do something... I usually hit you with an I'm scared. You, I'm terrified. You have. I'm petrified. Like, I know what this team's going to do to my heart and soul, and it's it's not going to be pretty. It's um, it's the most fun. It, to relate it to a Ranger uh, sort of sequence, I remember in the 2015, the President's Cup year, when we went on a West Coast trip and we won all eight games in a row. That's very similar as to what the Mets are doing right now. No, I, I don't think it is because we expected that team to be good. I We buried the Mets in June. The season was over. That's true. We held the funeral for it. We called it a day. Dude, it is it is August 11th. 11 days ago, I was mad the Mets didn't sell at the deadline. Like, it was 11 days ago, Ryan. It was. It wasn't very long ago. No. It's not even two weeks. And now all of a That's sudden, math. you're in it. We're a half game out. The Brewers lost today. I think actually it might be. I think the Cardinals won, so it's now a full game maybe. But it's. Just fucking stupid what the Mets of New York have done. It's dumb. And it's fucking the people do it. This is a team, mind you, 
that has rostered Aaron Altair for an just absurdly long amount of time, and I think he has one hit. Uh, Juan Lagares isn't hitting 200. Luis Guillorme, not good at baseball. We're treating Joe Panic like the fucking savior, and we're excited about it. They signed Brad Brack, who got a very important out today. <laughs> Jerry Spillian and Edwin Diaz are allergic to home runs, and they just continue to give them up as if it's fucking free money on the fucking freeway. Yeah. Um, this team is, this team is like outside of the starting rotation. Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, J.D. Davis. It's still not a good team. They have nine good players, and it just well ten if you include Seth Lugo, who I would include. So not even half the Mets roster is good, and they've won 15 of 17. They've lost seven times since the trade deadline. They went from the second-worst team in the National League to a half game out of a playoff spot. If they swept the Nationals today, the New York Metropolitans would have been the number one wildcard spot in the National League. It's unbelievable shit. It's stupid. <laughs> it's fucking stupid is uh, what it is. I have nothing else to say. And you're not the Orioles, which is super nice. Uh, yes. All right. Oh, we are really late, by the way. Well, to Estevez? All right, let's go. Um, yeah. All right, let's transition to Estevez. Transition. Having recurring and one of our favorite guests back on the show, who we end up having on all the time because the Rangers do way too much business with Tampa Bay. Uh, that is Matthew Estevez. He works for Raw Charge. Matthew, say hello. How you doing, guys? Dude, thanks so much for coming back. Uh, you always get former Rangers. I have to ask, I guess, the first question off the rip is, is there like some sort of joke with Tampa Bay media about the Rangers players at all? Like, do you, do you ever hear of the players joking about them being former Rangers? Like, has that ever come around? Like, has there ever been rumors like that? I'm always curious because there's been so many Rangers that have gone to Tampa Bay and the New, the New York to Florida retirement joke is just so easy to make. I mean, it's been mentioned quite a few times. Uh, the players, I mean, they find it funny to a certain extent, but they don't really, I don't think they tease each other that much about it, especially now since there's not that many mm-hmm. Rangers on the roster now. <laughs> Finally, there's only I think I think now there's only two. I think it's just McDonough and Shat and Shattenkirk because the rest are all gone. Well, yeah, you got rid of JT Miller, which yeah, we traded him. Still, like, how did you pull that off? I really don't understand. Uh, you're, uh, Vancouver, yeah, that that Vancouver. That's oh, that's how <laughs> Vancouver. Okay, no, you Tim Bennett. you've made your point. I hope they enjoy JT Miller and his tremendous scoring ability. I mean, uh, in all essence, they did get a good player in the trade. Like, if we're being dead honest, like, it, it makes sense from Vancouver's side to a certain extent. But, like, when we got a first for him, I was like, wait, what? The fact that you got a first, I'm yawning. I'm, I'm yawning because I'm so bored about how like, you got a fucking first for JT Miller. Unbelievable shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Well, it's, just, it's just stupid to see, like, in hindsight, JT Miller netted a first-round pick, and yet the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights got a second and a third for Nikita Gusev. Who's going to make less than JT Miller? And and will be substantially better for the most part if projections are correct. Yeah, Gusev's hard just because Gusev's an unproven product. But if he comes in and starts lighting the lamp, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna really change a lot of perception. Not excited to play against the Devils this year, while also being the most excited for that game. Let's talk about Kevin Shattenkirk and how you guys convinced him. Supposedly, the rumor was that Chad and Kirk had room, uh, offers from about eight teams, uh, including uh, offers that were much higher in two years. Do, have you heard anything of why Chad and Kirk wanted to go to Tampa Bay? So, this is something that I knew before anyone else did. Whoa! A loose connection with a friend of mine who won't, who won't remain nameless right now, to, just to, you know, not let that spread. But Matthew, just so you know, we call, call those sources. Well, I, they're called sources. 
I guess you can call it a source if you want to go that route. But I have a friend who knows Shattenkirk through proxy and had had been hearing shortly after the deadline or actually shortly before the deadline that Shattenkirk was, you know, he wasn't too happy with his tenure with the Rangers, which he's already made that known, obviously. And that, you know, there was rumblings, just rumblings that he could try to say, hey, I want to trade. I want to go to Tampa. He always wanted to go to Tampa which is why Tampa was always in the talks beforehand before he went to New York and before he was traded to Washington. So that was always something that was on Shattenkirk's mind. From my source, you know, he was really trying to, like, maneuver that, and then the Rangers were quiet. They were like, eh, we're not too sure about that. And then, well, the buyout the buyout was something that none of us really saw coming. Even my source didn't even see that coming. And Shattenkirk even, you know, said, you know, he, he in all the things you've read from Carp, um, from um, Carbonello, Cavanello and um, and our guy Joe was that you know Shattenkirk had a feeling, but he didn't really know the buyout was going to happen. And then it happened, and obviously you know what happened happened. Um, and, he, and he's you know pissed about it, which that's his right to be pissed, whatever. Um, but him coming here, I was just like, well, this makes perfect sense, given everything I heard you know months ago. And then all of a sudden, bam, we got him on a bargain one year deal, an absolute bargain deal, like. Obviously, we're going to pay him $6 million next year, but to get him for that, he's just trying to rejuvenate his career, obviously. He'll be going deep in the playoffs, hopefully, with the Tampa Bay Lightning Ah, this year. Sorry, man. ah. Sorry. Well, don't you curse us with that nonsense. I'm still, I still have PTSD from that first round series against Columbus. You absolutely should. Uh, You should have it for a very long time. A question that I think most Ranger fans are, are, are dying to know, is there any chance that we will see Kevin Shattenkirk and Ryan McDonough on the same pairing this year? Probably. For, I mean, for when, more than when, 17 minutes when, than, we, than we did, you mean? Um, well, see, here's what Shattenkirk allows Tampa Bay to do. It allows Tampa Bay to actually experiment with their pairings in a way that actually could be beneficial. For one, you assume that Shattenkirk can come in and take Girardi's old role of kind of sitting next to Hedman for limited minutes and being shuffled around the lineup if they don't want to put Mikhail Sergachev there. He could also drop Hernak down to the third pairing, have Sergachev move up with McDonough, so Sergeyev can play uh, either side and have Shattenkirk <clears throat> take that spot next to McDonough and see how that experiment works. Or you can put Shattenkirk on a third pairing with Coburn and see how that works. Like Shattenkirk could literally slot in at any spot in our defensive rotation, and it would make sense. Will it work? We don't know. Shattenkirk, you know, he was injured for a good portion of his time in New York, but he also didn't play that well when he wasn't injured. He did have that spurt after the All-Star break this past season, but again, is is that the Shatner we're going to see moving forward, or are we going to see more of a, a uh, I don't want to say a limping, but more of a um, less active Shattenkirk uh, next season? You know, that's the question. What Shattenkirk are we going to get? Are we going to get the Shattenkirk that we saw in St. Louis and parts in Washington, or are we going to see the Shattenkirk that really struggled in New York? Which, I mean, part of it's his fault, and part of it is the organization deciding to take a heel turn and go down the rebuild path halfway through his first season. So it's just kind of one of those, like, you know, we're unsure at the moment. With Shattenkirk in general, though, I really don't blame the guy. Uh, I think he has been he's been recovering from a knee injury for the last two years. So I do think you got a good steal. And the upgrade from Dan Girardi, I just, I, I've had a lot of personal, you know, experience with Dan Girardi and Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> we the, both have. The, the upgrade from, from Girardi to Shattenkirk is substantial. 
to where Shattenkirk can actually bring you offensive ability also. I, I think you're going to be very pleased with the amount he can actually move the puck, as Girardi did. I, I actually want to ask you, towards the end of Girardi's tenure, like what was sort of the takeaway uh, from Tampa Bay fans? So Girardi wasn't atrocious in his time at Tampa Bay. He was essentially what you'd expect from a guy who's essentially being played as like a, a pseudo five kind of four every now and then people kind of focus a little too much on the fact of, Oh, he's paired with Hedman. Yeah. But he's playing nowhere near the minutes. He's playing like 14, 15 minutes a night. If that, and his ice time continued to go down as the season went on because service ever Chernak really kind of solidified their spot in a top four. Um, but there were some passes that Chernak, I'm not Chernak, sorry, that Girardi made that was impressive. And he was okay in the defensive zone here and there. I mean, like his tenure in Tampa is going to be looked at as, ah, he was, you know, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't fantastic. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't a train wreck. He was like a house no, fire. he wasn't. He was passable. You know, he was passable, and for the for the intangible stuff, he was fantastic with that. Everyone in the organization throughout raved about Girardi's intangibles and stuff like that. Um, side note, Girardi's kid is ridiculously good at hockey. Just just, just a little fun fact down here for the, for the people who like hearing about players' kids. Girardi's kid's stupid good. Okay, it's so he'll be, a, he'll be a top prospect in like five years. Great. He, he's stupid good. It's kind of like, oh, God. <laughs> and, um, well, he's got a good, uh, but a good mentor. Her, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, son, don't do this. Yeah, don't, don't. This is the part you shouldn't do about hockey. <laughs> don't pass the puck at Alexander Ovechkin's stick with a wide open net. Yeah, okay. Don't turn the turn, don't turn over the puck when you're in overtime against the Kings. Very nice. Oh God, oh God. Um, but for Shattenkirk, when I when I because when when it happened, I spent a, about an evening just going over some film of when he was actually healthy for you guys, and just started to see what I like. What Shattenkirk's going to bring is that he's consistently good at getting the puck up the ice. He's a bit of a mess in his own zone at times. I mean, then again, he's never been known for being a stalwart, you know, defender. He's always been known as an offensive driver, but he's always been good at driving the puck up the ice, whether it's making a pass or skating it out, which is something Tampa Bay needs because last <clears throat> last year in the playoffs, we only had two guys who can actually move the puck out of the defensive zone, which was Hedman, who was hurt, and Zergachev. Everyone else just tried to chip the puck out of the zone, and Columbus would just grab it, retrieve it, and go right back in. And we're just going, okay, that solved nothing. At least for Shattenkirk, that gives us three guys that we know can actually do it. Because for some reason, McDonough just seemed very hesitant to do that last season in the playoffs. Chernak's never been known for doing that. The less we talk about Coburn and Girardi in that in that role, the better. But the fact that Shattenkirk brings that that talent to the roster is something that's going to re- really help the Lightning defense at least transition the puck from one zone to the other. Because that's always been something that we've harped on about the Lightning defense is that it's okay in in certain aspects, but where it's really limiting is transitioning the puck from defense to offense, getting it out of there either by a pass or skating it out. And when you only have two guys who can really do it, you're, you're kind of your hands are tied to a certain extent. I guess that's uh, all we could really say about Shattenkirk for now. I think you'll enjoy having him on the team this year. There's still a lot sort of up in the air with your team, despite all the signings that have already happened. Uh, what was the, uh, we'll get into some of the other Tampa Bay news now, just to cover some of the more recent stuff. When you signed your goalie, I'm going to butcher his fucking name, even though I know it. Vasilevsky. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, when you guys signed him to like that very large extension, which is somehow still team friendly question mark. Uh, what was the reaction down in Tampa Bay? 
So with us at Raw Charge, um, some people were like, that's way too much for a goalie. Others, like myself, were like, it's kind of a necessary evil because what else can you do? Because here's my perspective on it, is you have a guy who's entering his third year as a starter. His first two years as a starter have gone like this. He's <laughs> pretty much been at the top of the league in wins, which, yes, wins is a stupid stat. Yep. To gauge, a, to gauge a goaltender, but guess what? They still keep doing it, so we still have to at least mention it as a footnote. So there's your footnote mention of that stupid stat. Yep. Okay? He's been, a Vez, he's been a Vez nominee two years in a row, and he's won it before he's 25 years old. What else are you and, – and so if you're Julian Breeze-Wall, you're sitting there going, okay, well, I negotiate now and get him to a price, whatever the price is, which we now know what it is. Or we wait and he, you know, let's just say he goes out, wins another Vesna. Guess what? His price just went, up, went above probably Gary Price. Probably. So but for some reason, you guys not- get to sign these guys for like $1.5 to $2.5 million discounts every single day of the year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those. That wasn't a necessary evil. In my opinion, the contract, I mean, you've got him for his entire prime years. He's 24. He, the contract will end where he's 33. You're getting his entire prime years and majority of his UFA years. And if he does start to decline after 30, guess what? You can actually move him at that point with a modified no-trade clause. And by that point, his contract should be not that difficult to move at that price. If the, you know, the Sour Cup keeps growing like it's supposed to, crossing fingers for that. So it's, it's not terrible. People who are claiming he's not a top ten or top five goalie, you're dumb. Shut up. You Stop talking. He's, he's honestly a top five goalie in the league. Is he top three? Debatable. Top five, I would definitely say he's in the four or five spot. If he goes out there and does what he's done for the past two seasons, you really can't argue it. You really can't. Vasilevsky's, the biggest criticism of Vasilevsky's play, in my opinion, is when he goes on his poor streaks, it's not pretty. He he overreacts, as, as all athletic goaltenders do. Uh, we've all seen it. With, uh, with really, really talented athletic goaltenders, they tend to overreact to cross-size passes or shots. Vasilevsky's of that vein. Vasilevsky just has the technical skill to actually, you know, bail his ass out of those a lot of the time. Sometimes he relies on that far too much, and sometimes he kind of gets in his own head and overthinks things. Um, perfect example is, he, I think it was in the playoffs, or maybe it was at the end of the regular season, he mishandled a puck randomly and, like, just, just like, randomly just threw it right to a defender. I'm like, what in God's name are you doing? Right. And that's so, one of those brain situations fart moments. of, like, he's just, yeah, a brain fart moment. Like, he's prone to that. And so we'll see what happens um, this season going forward. He's he's going to be a top goaltender see, moving my forward. My take on like, that, Matthew, is Jordan that you here. guys have a five-year window right now. Like, you are cup contenders for five years. Start, like, you have been for already for three years, but now you're again for five more years. And to lock up your core like you have, and we'll talk about the last piece in a second, um, is has been an accomplishment for Tampa Bay. You guys are just absolutely loaded. So you want to keep all the players that are essential, uh, your star goaltender, happy during these times. I mean, you have Stamkos, you have uh, uh, why am I blanking on his five foot seven fucking ass name who's really fucking good, scores a million points, disappears in the playoffs. Kucherev, <laughs> Kucherev. Okay, there it is. Uh, um, but yes, you, your core is locked up, and that kind of brings me to Mr. Point. Has there been any negotiation talk with Braden Point? It's been negotiating to talk the entire summer. It's just been going the slow pace as every other restricted free agent that's out there right now. I think what? The only big name restricted free agent that actually got signed was Sebastian Ajo, and that was only because Montreal decided to throw the cheapest offer sheet you could possibly can. Yeah, the lockout's going to be fucking awesome. Just put it that way. 
The lockout, the lockout's going to be a joy. It's going to be an absolute. But no, when it comes to the point, it's the same thing we've heard from everybody who's talked about Braden Point. It's slowly going. Julian Breesball is confident it'll get done. And this organization is notoriously tight with when it comes to things like things like that. I mean, for Christ's sake, we didn't even know the Vasilevsky extension was happening until bam, it dropped on our feet, and we're like, oh, <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, with Point, how I, I'm not familiar with their salary cap, so please forgive me. How much salary cap do you have to give to him currently, or would you have to make moves? Oh, I think we have on average, I think nine and change. Let me double check cap friendly. I think the last time I checked, we have like I believe nine you. three. That's fine. Uh, I I wonder if point. I'm sure you guys talked about this a lot, but I, that sem- that seems like a pretty fair point for point. Haha, <laughs> nice pun. Um, but I just I just we'll see how that plays out for the off season. Is there any other yeah Tampa Bay uh, related stories I missed touching on? Uh, we have too many no uh, we have too many no trade clauses. <laughs> yeah, what a problem for the best team in the league. I mean, it's. It's something that another reporter down here, Eric Erlinson, talked about a few weeks ago, saying, you know, listing all the no trade, no move clauses that mm-hmm. teams have. And Tampa Bay is right up there with a lot of the other teams in the league with no trades and no moves. It's just <clears throat> a lot of the no trades, no moves are on players that you're just kind of like, they're good, but they're not players you're like, you know, desperate, desperate to keep. You know, the Andre Palat, the Andy Gores, the Tower Johnson, the Alex Kalorns of the world and stuff like that. Um I mean, we only have two no moves. The two no moves are Stamkos and Hedman, which those are no brainers. But um, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens like in the next three to five years with how these no trade clauses are handled when it comes to handcuffing teams. Because Tampa Bay is a shining example of these no trade clauses kind of handcuffing teams. Because you know, we have this center who could probably make about nine million if you really wanted to push it, um, and that would take all of our cast picks. <laughs> that, yeah, so, that that would be it for you guys. Yeah, well, we have two RFAs right now. We have Braden Point and Adam Ernie, and let me tell you how awkward it is to have Adam Ernie still not signed with no arbitra- with with him not not um, electing for arbitration. It's one of the more head scratching things I've seen with this team this off season that he's not signed yet. It's just it's just strange. He, his contract should be a no brainer in my opinion. Awesome, uh, Greg. Do you have any questions for Matt before we get out of here? I do not have the physical ability to ask a question if I wanted to. Good. Uh, Matthew, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you plug your stuff? All right. Um, you all can find me on Twitter at Matt Estevez. Estevez is spelled E-S-T-E-V-E-S. Steve. Yeah. As, as, yeah. as we uh, call it here, it's Don't Steve's. listen to Ryan. Don't listen to Ryan. He's, he's a goddamn troll. Don't listen to him. Eventually, I'll, eventually I'll get up there, have a drink with him, and slap him over the head. Yeah, we, we will get drinks soon, I promise. Um, all right. Thanks, man. I appreciate wait, 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 you're telling oh. me, you're, wait, you're telling me I get to be graced? By the holiness? The, the, the Capope himself? I will bless you, my the child. Himself? The himself? I will bless you, my child. It's true. All right. You better, you better dress up for that. Uh, you have no... That's the easiest request you've ever made. We will talk to you soon. <laughs> Later, buddy. All right. Later. Another great interview with our friend Matthew. Always a pleasure to have him on. Always learn so much from him about Tampa Bay and how much they're going to kick everyone's ass. Uh, I wanted to thank everyone this week, including our Patreon subscribers, Gregory. And, I, of course, I'm very good at bringing up this list, but I just stalled entirely. Mm-hmm. On the backbone of... Sorry, I'm not helping. Yeah, not helping at all. Appreciate it so much. The backbone of our podcast are our Patreon subscribers, and we like to thank, at the end of every single week, the Patreon subscribers who are, seriously, the people that make it happen. So, just for right now, before we talk about the live show meetup that we're going to be doing in a few weeks... I want to thank these people. Brian Doyle, Tori from Manhattan, the OG, Thomas O'Neill, Eric Stagg, 
who sends me some great Snapchat sometimes. Max, Mike Smith, Benjamin Weber, uh, Benjamin Waters, and Sean Taggart. Thank you so much to all of them. All right, let's talk about how we're going to be doing this live show again. Uh, with I guess we can announce it now, right? Blue Shirts Banter will be joining us. Is that confirmed? Yes. Okay. That is confirmed. So Joe and Mike of Blue Shirts Banter will be joining us. It'll be September 14th at 3 p.m. at the Gin Mill in New York City. That will be our, our first live show of the season. We will be uh, – I, I have talked to Shayna. She may be making an appearance. We'll see. Uh, I wouldn't count on it, but it's a maybe. Just getting you out there. Uh, it'll be $5. We will have an Eventbrite situation set up or tickets at the door will be $5 too. And uh, we're going to be talking with Banter for about an hour. It'll be a live podcast. It'll be a Q&A section. And I hope you guys can all come down. On top of that, or did I miss anything there, Greg? We're good, right? We're money? I think so. Okay, awesome. Uh, on top of that, December 27th is a Friday at 7 p.m. There will be a Reddit Rangers meetup hosted by our good friend Dan LaRose. Tickets are available now. You can go to the Rangers Reddit today or reddit.com slash r slash rangers, I believe it is, where you can go ahead and and click the meetup link and uh, email Dan about tickets. It'll be a lounge. We've gone. I didn't go last year, but I've gone every year before that. Greg's gone most years, and it's a great time. It's a lounge that overlooks the ice. It's awesome. And I want to just say, for both of these times, uh, the uh, September 14th and the December 27th, Greg and I are very likely to go out afterwards, and if you'd like to join us, you're more than welcome. Last time, uh, for the last live show, I went out to dinner with a few of our fans. It was a great time. I really had an awesome, awesome time. So I'm really hoping to see some of you guys at the live show on, on uh, September 14th at the Gin Mill in New York City. For those who cannot make it to New York City, uh, we were going to try to record a little bit of it. I cannot promise that we will. I absolutely cannot make a promise at this. If we do record it, they will not be sirens like there was in the last live show, the forum, which was an absolute mess. Uh, with Joe and uh, Joe and Mike, which was a great time, but a mess. And we're going to try and keep it uh, around an hour and a half this time. So, with all that being said, I want to just thank everyone for listening this week. Gregory, any any final thoughts? Uh, no. Okay, great. Uh, thanks for listening to me and Greg. Greg will feel better next week, and we will come back stronger than ever. Thank you for all your questions. Follow me on Twitter at Orion Mead, and follow Greg on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. Love you. See you next week. Bye.